Welcome to Borborygmy, Noises from the Veterinary World, the podcast that lets you overhear conversations between veterinary professionals about anything and everything that's topical in the industry. Today's podcast continues our special set of Borborygmy episodes that we have recently recorded to capture the changes to life in the veterinary profession since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. We're featuring vets, nurses and students from across the industry during this strange time, with conversations interspersed amongst the original Borborygmy collection recorded at last year's London Vet Show. Loads of you have previously enjoyed the excellent CPD and famous social opportunities that the Vet Show offers in London every November. And although the prospect of gathering with friends and colleagues still seems vaguely remote right now with the world in its current state, we will eventually return to some sort of normality. So if you'd like something to look forward to on the horizon, have a look at the Borborygmy pages of the Vet Show website for discounted tickets to this year's event in November. In the meantime, on with the show. Hi there, everyone. I'm Naomi Mella, veterinary surgeon and podcaster, and I am thrilled that today we've got our first international guests on Borborygmy. It's a little milestone for the podcast. My guests today are Jessica Carnia and Dawn Garvey, both veterinarians in small animal practice in Illinois outside of Chicago. Jessica graduated in 2017 and Dawn in 2009, and they are former colleagues and good friends. In this chat, they talk about life in the US with the shelter-in-place order that they have there and some of the financial pressures that COVID has brought to their practices. You'll hear Jessica first. Um, I think for our clinic, the biggest is probably that we're doing curbside um, appointments now. And so uh, the the way that the flow goes is the receptionist gets the history on the phone and then the nurse goes out to the car, gets the pet, brings him in. Um, I do my exam. You know, uh, if we need any any diagnostics, I call the owner Um, and then we uh, uh, call the owner, bring the pet back out to the car and they pay via phone. So it's definitely lengthened um the appointment t- or the, the appointment times and then we do have to have more time in between just to clean and um you know wipe down door handles and everything like that so I think for us it's it's mostly it's like this frustrating flow right now we're, we're trying to kind of work out our new groove um but it's it's a little frustrating <laughs> I agree it's we are doing curbside as well um except for the really touching you know appointments where the owners probably want to be there um, and it's, it is really been a frustrating time, um, for the clients and for the staff and for us. And I think every day is different. And, um, we started implementing these practices before the shelter in place went in. Um, so it was really hard for people to accept it even at that point in our staff because it wasn't mandated. Um, but I think it really helped and I think it got the flow going, Um, We're also like scrubbing in and scrubbing out. So not wearing our clothes, you know, in the clinic that we've worn outside just to minimize that. Um, And someone made us nice masks. Yeah. Um, So we all have like our own masks. So we're trying to really, um, the COVID um, outbreak has really like decreased our resources too. So that's a big thing that we've been, um, you know, kind of, kind of fighting against and trying to find soap and peroxide and alcohol and things like that. Um, so Illinois right now is in the, the shelter in place. So we're, um, Mayor, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, she uh, actually came out and made a couple of announcements after some particularly nice days when people were crowding, um, at the lakefront of Lake Michigan. And so, um, I think people are, 
I think they were frustrated at the beginning. Um, There's kind of like a golden period for about two weeks where people were really like, okay, this is what we're doing for safety. I know it takes more time, but you know, it's a hassle, but we'll get through it. Um, and I think people are kind of going back into just being frustrated and, um, and probably restless at home. I don't think that really, you know, helps a lot. So um, I do know that, you know, some of our clients very much appreciate that we're doing curbside because they don't want to be exposed as well. So I guess it's kind of 50, 50. Yeah. Um, you know, you still see people at the grocery stores um, here in Illinois. It's still okay to go, you know, to essential places like that. So Antioch or our animal hospitals are included, you know, with that. Um, I think like we're trying to limit what we're seeing as well. We're trying to do just emergencies and um, trying to like, we don't want a bunch of dogs to get um, distemper virus or parvovirus in the midst of vaccinating them. Right. Um, But at the same time, like we, it was hard for everyone to adjust to be like, you can't just call the vet and get in for a nail trim, you know, that day. So I think that's been a big, big adjustment for our clients. And I totally agree with that two hour uh, golden period. It's kind of over <laughs> now where people, people are just back to <laughs> being themselves. And it really does. I mean, how many people have said it really shows your true colors right now. And those good, good hearted clients are really being great right now. I had a client um, recently who, the poor woman, she she dropped off a fecal sample. Um, we were trying to minimize her having to bring the dog in because we've seen it um, within the last six months. So legally, I could still script things out. Um, you know, she brought in the fecal sample. We ran it. She was waiting in her car. Uh, I went to get the, the meds calculated and I realized that the, the dog was a puppy that was growing and I didn't have a current weight. And the poor woman, she had sat in the car for about 45 minutes, probably just getting angrier and angrier because that's what I would have been doing. Um, and I'm on the phone with her and she is just so frustrated. She, you know, she's telling me I left my two kids at home. They're having to be homeschooled. I'm sitting here in my car. Now you're telling me I have to bring my dog back. And and I, I mean, I understood. Like, I totally got it. And, and so after... Um, uh, after she, you know, kind of let out her, um, her frustration, uh, I just kind of apologized. And then when we went to um, drop the dog back off with her, I took him out. And, you know, I apologized personally. Um, and I, I was just like, I'm so sorry, you know, we're still kind of adjusting to the flow. And then I added on like a free nail trim um, to her next exam. And, and she actually called me back later that day. And she apologized for her tone and everything. And I mean, I was amazed. I've never gotten a client call me back <laughs> to apologize. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I know she's a kind person. She was just pushed, you know, past our breaking point right now. I think that's pretty common, isn't it? Like everybody is very stressed and everything's very new and everything's a bit worrying. And I think for, it's quite normal and natural for people to be kind of unusually stressed or cross or frustrated or whatever. I think it's it's really interesting when you say that she called you back to, to apologize because it does make you wonder whether people would have done that in normal circumstances when they have busy lives, right. <laughs> you know, when, when everybody leaves, leaves the clinic and goes back to their day. But job. I wonder too, if, if she would have even, I, I, I feel like she wouldn't have even gotten that frustrated if, if it was a normal day, you know, if she hadn't um, kind of had all these other compounding factors. So I, I agree. I think it really does push people to, um, you know, kind of past a, an emotional place that we've, we've never been even as a society before. Most of our clients are opting, you know, unfortunately for like just basic care, not doing a lot of diagnostics um, and possibly, um, you know, even going to the point of euthanizing their pet where they probably wouldn't have um, in a different time because of the resources. And you just have to be realistic. We don't know how long this is going to last. And some of these people are not furloughed now, but 
they know they may be, you know, in another month or something. So I think that's definitely the concern. And um, it's definitely weird as a doctor not knowing what you're diagnosing always and sending home random medicines to just fix a problem that you hope works, you know, so it's a little different um, style of medicine than than we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think too, um, especially at the beginning, it was tough for um, a lot of us to kind of get the right tone when we were talking to clients and doing things, you know, like saying, I'm sorry, your dog can't come in for a nail trim, um, you know, or this and that. And I think as far as finances are concerned, I'm definitely seeing the same thing, Dawn, uh, with with clients either opting out of diagnostics they normally would have, or even opting out, out of uh, vaccines that they would have. I, I had a couple of clients come in that they just got, you know, pro, uh, their rabies and then their heart rate medication, um, just because that's all they could really do right now. And we just, they ask us, you know, we make a little note in the file just so we can remember next time to to get those services done. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, because it kind of makes you think, I don't know when you graduated, Jessica, but like when Dawn was saying in 2009, like it sort of harks back a bit to me when we were in the recession after the crash and you were making those difficult decisions because, people had no money to pay for anything. You just think, oh my gosh, I hope we don't end up going down that same route again as a result of this. Right. Yeah, I, I, I graduated in 2017. And so I I was actually, I graduated high school in 2009. And so I was going into college, um, going into like clinics and learning about veterinary medicine kind of within that world of the recession. And especially going, coming back to Chicago, um, having practice or not practice, having worked in a lot of places in uh, rural Idaho, um, you know, near uh, Native American reservations and um, just lower, lower resource areas um, that really stuck with me. And it really taught me a lot about, I guess, like, I don't know how to word it, almost ethics. You know, it's, it's like we can go and we can do all these diagnostics and we can spend $2,000 or we can know that you're not going to get more than two months with your dog either way. And, you know, and kind of do what Dawn was saying and, and do that watch and wait and eventually euthanasia. Um, and so I, I feel like having gone into the the veterinary world sort of with that really um, tight squeeze on money, I feel like that's really stuck with me, especially talking to um, just to um, specialists and other practitioners. Um, it's, it's a very different type of medicine, I guess. Like the majority of our, of my clients like that I had seen in the past would are pretty okay with doing, you know, what I recommend. So I live in a pretty easy to convince area, if you want to say it that way. Like, um, yeah, it just, it's not hard if you truly believe in it, I think. And your clients know you, they'll, they'll do whatever you say a lot of the time. So. No, I absolutely agree with that, Don. I think, um, I think to having kind of this unique perspective where I, I, I came out of school 2017, I started working at the same clinic Don was at in Antioch um, and, and just kind of, I guess like seeing how um, how she practiced medicine and then seeing just how the clinic evolves, it really, I don't know, I guess it really changes um, like your perspectives too. I think a big difference um, is I've only been at my current practice for about a year. And so Dawn, you know, she's been established at the practice a long time. She's known in the town, you know, she's your veterinarian and, um, and that really makes a difference. I think that really changes, um, you know, getting that trust with a client, getting that buy-in with the client for them to, to under, you know, to trust you and to know that you're not just recommending things to recommend them. You're, you're doing it as if it were your own pet. We should always do that. You know, as vets, I think we always do do that, but it's just the way that it comes across to the client sometimes is, is different. And actually that level of trust at the moment 
given the current circumstances is is a wonderful bond for you to have with your clients Dawn. yes it is very grateful um just a lot of gifts like for our staff and a lot of outpouring of just nice things from the clients that have been there and with me and with the clinic for forever brought us hot co- someone brought us hot cocoa the other day um, oh that's so, so it was nice. that cold day that it had snowed yeah so not that we should be touching the hot cocoa cups, but oh, um, it's, still, it's, still, <laughs> it still was very sweet. I think from like a mental health perspective, vets are just known to um, not reach out for help and not ask for help and not feel like they don't really need help, like they can handle it on their own. And um, I just think it's a really important time to get the help that you need or you don't even think you need. That's very true. And especially, I mean, a lot of us um, either live alone or have, you know, one significant other. And so with the social distancing, um, for example, like I, I live alone and uh, I usually see my parents several times per week. But right now we uh, I talk to my dad through the screen door and he's in the yard playing with the dog. <laughs> so it's it's different. It's still nice to have that that human interaction, but it's it's it is isolating. And I think I agree with Don that that's we tend to isolate. We tend to internalize um, and yeah, and, and especially in a time like this when we feel like we need to take care of everybody else and take care of our clients. And um, I think that we, we definitely need to look inward a lot too for that self-care. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on socials at Naomi the Vet with underscores between. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please do tell a friend or give us a rating and a review on iTunes as it really does help other people to find us and spread the word about Borborygmy. Borborygmy is a collaboration between the London Vet Show, Vets at Stay Go Diversify and Smashing the Ceiling. Thank you to everyone involved so far for your help and support. It has been much appreciated. We'll see you next time.